Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. You know, a difficult season in your marriage can sink it or it can maybe even save the relationship. It really does matter where you turn for help. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley, and uh, Greg runs our marriage department here. Greg, having a trustworthy friend, somebody that you can be honest with, that you can confide in during a time of need, especially if your marriage is kind of blowing up, that is crucial, isn't it? It is vital, because first and foremost, then you don't feel alone. And I think it's the loneliness, the absence of having someone to encourage you and to to help hold you accountable, to to be there, to let you vent. Because we need that. We need a safe friend who can allow us to vent, who's not going to share that, but who also then challenge and say, okay, but what about this? And have you thought about this? And and we, we need that type of person as we go through these hard yeah. seasons in our marriage. You know, as you're talking just the other day, I was, um, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I was on an airplane, they had free TV, and there was some nature show, and the announcer was really excited. He was like, oh, look at this, this doesn't often happen. A pack of coyotes rarely gets the bison. They don't <laughs> get to separate it and isolate it, but this young calf is in trouble. And it was, I mean, over-the-top dramatic, yeah. but... That's what happens for us, isn't it? Yeah. We get we get pulled off of the herd, yeah. and the enemy just whacks us and takes us down and devours we're us. We're an easy target. Wow. Well, we're going to return now to a conversation with Ann White, and uh, she talked with Jim Daly about a time she told her husband they needed marriage counseling, and he thought about her request and then said, let's get help. And welcome back to the Focus on the Family. Thank you again for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Now, we, we did give you three words to end last time, and I, I want to give you a little bit more. You're, to set the stage, you were in Israel with your son, and uh, you had a slam-the-phone kind of disagreement. Not that you did. I'm just saying it didn't end right. And you burst into tears thinking the marriage was over. What are the next steps? But you did something that took a lot of courage, and that was you wrote this note to your pastor and his wife, who were good friends, who thought you had a good marriage, and you delivered it that evening to them, which was your first step in courage, right? Which it is was. the title of your book, Courage yes. for Life. This is step one. This I is. can feel it. <laughs> and uh, I took that took a lot of courage, and I commend you for it, because that was the ripping away of the facade. It was. It was. It did. It took a lot more courage than I, I would have ever dreamed it would take. I mean, take. the way you described it last time, hearing the the sounds in the room in the hallway and oh. the two grandsons of the, your pastor and the the vibrancy of your description says mm-hmm. to me, your body chemistry was searing this memory into your mind. Oh, I can remember every moment, every detail. And when I dropped this letter off to them and, and said, just pray for us, um, we're on life support. And we need your prayers. And I came back, and I uh, think I mentioned in our last time together, just very briefly as we were ending the program, that I got back on the phone with Mike, shared with him what I had done. At first, he was not really happy because it's it was difficult. Oh. It was a new thing for us, and so it was a you know it was a surprise to him. 
That was and your then, next conversation. Yes, that was the next conversation. Still you and Israel with your son yes, and Mike back but home. I had to let him know. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so, describe that a little bit because that would have been, you know, you took a step of faith and courage, but maybe Mike wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. A lot of us husbands would be going, how could she do that? Exactly. And I'm sure he was. I think he was quiet, um, best I can remember. And I simply told him, I said, Mike, I'm going to get help. I knew for myself that I had to get help. Whether he chose to get help with me or not, I needed to reach out and ask for help. Yeah. And I think our converse, our first conversation was short, but I remember him calling me back shortly thereafter and saying, and I do, I credit him with so much courage that he said, you know what, Ann, let's get help together. Awesome. That is the answer. And, it uh, is the answer. You know, when, when at Hope Restored, our marriage intensives, that's one of the questions. That's the question we ask a couple who's in trouble. Again, maybe the divorce papers are signed. And the question is, do you believe God can work a miracle in your marriage? And oftentimes that answer is yes, but, you know, he doesn't really know my husband. or he doesn't know my wife or whatever it might be. But if they can affirmatively answer that to say, yes, I believe that, I don't understand how that can happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you and Mike in this moment were in that same boat. Mm -hmm. You didn't know what the next steps were going to be. We had no clue. But you were willing. Mm -hmm. And that is the first step. The first step in, in courage is just to make that commitment to say, I will get help. I will do what God is calling me to do. And Mike and I loved each other. We've loved each other since we were teenagers. That never ended. You know, God grounded that love from the very beginning. But we allowed the world and we allowed sin and difficulties and hardships and frustrations and anger and um, mistreating one another to really just put so many cracks in our marriage that it separated us to a point we didn't think that we could bridge ourselves back together. And we couldn't, but yeah. God could. You know, it took a lot of humility for Anne to ask for help uh, as she did. Greg, I'm sure you've dealt with couples who uh, at least one party doesn't feel like, I need help. I, I'm not asking because I don't need it. I mean, what are, what are some of the barriers to getting the kind of assistance that the couples really need? Yeah, for that person, that feels really, really discouraging. They feel very hopeless, very helpless. The good news is, and I've used this analogy before, but I think it's perfect that, John, if you and I are playing ping pong, so table tennis, and even if you are 100% committed to hitting the ball back at me the same exact way you've hit it for over 25 years, all I have to do is put a different spin on the ball And even if you try mechanically to send the ball exactly back the same way, it's going to come off your racket differently because I put a different spin on it. And that's what's true about marriage. I can't control you. I can't figure out how do I make him hit the ball different or swing his arm differently or hold the paddle a different way. It's not about changing you. It's about me doing something that can create change within our relationship. So a different spin, it would be something like I can go to counseling by myself. Mm -hmm. I can go pursue help. I can learn how do I show up differently. So when conflict, for example, happens the same way that it's been happening for 25 years, 
I can choose to do something different within that conflict that's going to create some sort of change within our relationship. Now, this works for a season. So I'm not saying the long-term plan here is, well, you just worry about you and whatever your spouse is doing. Well, you can't control it anyway, so don't worry about it. I'm just saying that that first and foremost, what can I do? How can I be a better spouse? God, what are you teaching me? Make the focus about you because you can control you. See what happens as your spouse sees you getting help and things are different. You're showing up differently. A lot of times that can be all the motivation that's Mm. needed. For your spouse to go, wait, I want to, I want in on this. Let, <laughs> yeah, let me yeah. get up. That may not work, and it won't, you may run into a situation down the road where you've got to make then a different decision on what do I do about my marriage. But the, the important thing is get help. Yeah. If you think you need it, go ahead, reach out and get it. And uh, here at Focus on the Family, uh, our phone folks are. Uh, perfectly positioned to be able to answer questions and they can direct you to a conversation with the counselor. I would suggest as well that uh, our Hope Restored program, uh, it's a very effective marriage intensive counseling center. And Greg, you had a hand in starting that. Uh, and, and the emphasis is doing what you just described, working on you as a person. And that, that program can help you guys get to a very different place, about 81% successful. So God's doing some amazing things within that program. The bottom line is like you started off this episode, don't do this alone. So as you are getting help, I mean, that's when you need the friends and the support system, the counselors to help you navigate this tough season. Yeah. And we've got contact details in the episode notes. And uh, when you get in touch, uh, please make sure you request a copy of Ann White's book, Courage for Life. Uh, if you're in a spot to give a donation today, to make a donation of any amount, we'll send Anne's book to you as our thank you gift. It's a great story about marriage restoration, and uh, we do have details about the program we've mentioned, Hope Restored, and other help. And be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. And next time, I plan to hear more from Anne about uh, God's work in their marriage. For now, On behalf of Greg Smalley and the team, I'm John Fuller. Thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.